Make sure that you arm yourself with information as you go out in the world so you can fight those who want to uninform you or misinform you. There's people on Twitter, you know, uh, sharing their opinions, sharing information. Twitter is nothing but misinformation. If you're going to decry misinformation itself, then uh, get rid of Twitter. If we're trying to strike down misinformation, Twitter is all misinformation because it's not grounded in anything. A lot of it is just emotional appeal. And you, a lot of it is just you declaring what you are more emotionally ta- attached to than something else, something you declare, or an article that you linked, you link for somebody. And all of that is misinformation. If you're just saying, like, watch out for the spread of things that people, like, people are arguing as as things that are just emotionally tied to them. So get rid of misinformation, get rid of Twitter, get rid of all the social media. Like you posting pictures of yourself, that's information. That's misinformation. It's, uh, that's misinforming me. That's not what the world is. I see a picture of you. That's not the world. That's misinformation because I am, I am misinformed. Because there, that's not every person. You don't speak for every person with your photo of you. That's just you. And so it's reflective of your opinions and your attitudes on life. And that's misinformation because it doesn't speak for everybody. So get rid of all social media if you're trying to get rid of misinformation. There's, uh, I mean, the media is always peddling general terms like that to bail themselves out. I mean, in order to try to continue to live in a world where they're the most relevant sources of news. But but that's not, that's not what's important today. What's important today is, is population. Let me, um, let me settle down and not have these tantrums for a few minutes. Uh, we need to uh, be a bit more emotionally stable. Like uh, I would like to present a, a not angry message. Like I don't want to sound angry. And so let me take a step back and just talk about population. Like sound, I sound angry like people are on me for misinforming them or something. Like it's always this battle. Um, for some reason, I approach, I approach these recordings I do as if uh, there's liberal a bunch of liberal people listening. And in reality, liberals are probably not interested. Like whatever my audience is, it's not liberals because they wouldn't tune back in after I uh, lamented the media or something. I mean, there's a good chance it's not. So I do all this work to like defend from a liberal position when nobody is probably no one is a liberal that's listening to me. Um, but, but be more liberal if you're not, I guess, but don't, I don't, I don't really see any reason to be a liberal, not in today's climate. And, and so I'm here to talk about population, a topic I enjoy. I like population. I like talking about the, uh, how many people are in a city and that kind of thing. I like to know about it. I like to know the population. 
Columbus, Ohio, where I live, is the 14th most populated city in the country. Uh, however, really for population, when you're trying to describe population of cities, you're trying to describe the biggest city. And we call the most populated city the biggest city because... Because you would call it the you would call the most populated city the biggest because that's what's most important about it. What's most important is not an area of land because you're not trying to describe what attracts people to the area of land, like what makes a what makes it great. Um, what makes a city great is not the like what attracts people to it and how you're trying to describe the uh, energy associated with it, like the strength of the city or. I mean, with calling it the biggest, you're calling it the greatest, like population kind of speaks to it's the greatest city. But if you have the, if you have the biggest city, it's the city that is, that attracts the most energy, really, that has the most people, that it's the biggest, it's the biggest according to humans, you know, and humans judge it to be bigger than another city by gravitating towards it and populating it that's how they judge it to be bigger it's it's a bigger deal and uh like you should really think about as far as one city's greatness against another city you should consider its metropolitan area more so than its population because a city's population is dependent on is somewhat dependent on borders that are drawn arbitrarily around the city because the population is just for the city proper. I mean, I think the metropolitan area is better for just the greatness of a city, but yeah, you would still you would still measure population by the city proper. It's just that it's just that you're trying to measure the greatness of a city, so you're not going to stop at the city proper. You're going to so you're trying to describe all that surrounds it that makes it populated like the the depth of its population um and uh like the extent of its population is better reflected in the metropolitan area and metropolitan areas you know how those get the greatest one is new york but that's not important but that's not that's not important. What is important about a city and its population and like uh, what makes something more populated is that like you look at a city in comparison to a town that's out in the country somewhere um, or a section of the state. Really, a city is like a collapsed or condensed version of an entire state like a city you could look at as being a condensed entire state where you're just uh imagining an entire state to be a large land area with a lower population or just like a large section of the country that isn't very populated like a city is like a collapsed or condensed version of a larger section of the country because if you um because a large city will have uh naturally suburban areas around it like cities of 30 to 40,000 people that are surrounding the city proper that you would include in the metropolitan area and like you you travel from one of those suburbs to another one like if i traveled from uh Powell which is just north of Columbus and i traveled to New Albany which is north east of Columbus those are two 
those are two like suburban areas of Columbus that are next to each other. It would probably be about a 10 minute drive, but both of those suburbs are far enough outside of the city center that there's like some space between them. And uh, you, you would travel on just like a, what would be equivalent to a single lane highway from, you could from Powell to New Albany, uh, regardless of like, cause those are far enough North that they're outside of the freeway system. And you're just going to have like a single, you're going to have at least a few single lane highway connecting roads between the two. And that is equivalent to you traveling from one town to another out in the country, um, where one town to another out in the country would just take longer. Like if those were two 30,000, uh, person towns out in the country that weren't closely connected to a city um it would take a little bit longer but because they're more spaced out but you i'm just i'm just describing how the space between suburbs becomes more collected when they are uh suburbs that are created as a result of their proximity to this city center and um it's just like, it's a collection of cities. Like the collection of cities is greater, like the conglomerate or the complex of cities is greater surrounding a bigger city. And then your conglomerate is what you call the metropolitan area. But the conglomerate of all those towns is like a condensed version of a large section of the countryside that has a bunch of towns dotted throughout it, just more sparsely dotted. And really the roads and the freeway system are re reflective of the same thing because you, uh, the more that you get closer to the middle of the city, the more dense the road structures are, like there's more just uh, roads going everywhere and compactly there are more roads. And that's reflective of if you compacted all the roads across a number of counties into one area, that's just a large section of the state is condensed into into one smaller space into one position in a city and but like if you look at a town in the countryside that's not that big so you take a town that isn't close to a big city that has like 20,000 people in it uh that is that is the same idea that I'm talking about wherein but you would look at the town as a city and you would look at just people's homes that are dotted along the countryside that aren't attached to a town. Um, like if you collected all of those houses that are isolated, if you collected a bunch of households that are isolated into a, that are dotted around the countryside, if you collected all of those into a town of 20,000 people, then that's the same idea as you collecting a bunch of 20,000 person towns into a city. Uh, because a town is just as much more complex than a bunch of isolated houses than a it's just as much more complex the same way that a city is much more complex than um, an isolated 20,000 person town and and that speaks to uh, that speaks to population because your because population doesn't just apply to a large, doesn't just apply to cities like population population speaks to positions but positions of people specifically not not positions of businesses you can use population to describe businesses for example you could be like the city is populated with 13,000 businesses 6,000 of which are 
like restaurants or something, you know, six that's populated with 6,000 restaurants or something. Because you can use population to describe anything like that. Your property is populated with trees, like a forest is populated with thousands of trees. Your property is populated with ferns, <laughs> ferns, underbrush, daffodils, people, one house. It can be populated with a single thing too, because population just describes one, like it's populated a single uh a single cypress tree populates your yard. You know, it's a uh, population can describe just one thing. And so if you just look at a house that is like right in the middle between you, you look at a house that is on a single lane highway that connects to 10,000 person cities. If you, and that house is just like right in the middle between these two 10,000 person cities. And it takes like, 25 minutes to get from one to the other if it's like a really really not densely populated area but if you look at that house and there's like four it's a family of four then the house is popular it's a population of four like you don't have to uh, population doesn't have to be tied to city limits or anything like that population isn't tied to city limits it can be used to describe anything like your house is a population of four even though it's not a the name of a town it's it's the name of something it has to be the name of something in order for it to be populated because it has to be a position but your family of four that's a collection of four positions and a position doesn't have to be a person but uh it is it basically it's just a point that has a name is a position so but population yeah, population doesn't have to describe people. It can describe anything. But, uh, like, population describes collections of positions, and with regard to cities and towns, the collection of people. And so a house is a collection of four positions that you would describe to be the population. But, um, but your consideration of a position is not... Your consideration of a position is arbitrary is why you can consider a is why you can consider a population at any level. You could consider population at a house level or at a village or at a town or at a city or at a mega city, at a metropolis or something. Um, you can consider population at any level, kind of the same way that The same way that you can consider um, any unitary measurement, like a, uh, depending on what position you're considering, you can consider Ohio, the entire state, or you can consider Columbus, just the city, but both of those have a population. Um, your larger, like, since Columbus, the, the city limits of it are a subset of the limits of Ohio, the limits of Ohio will, um, naturally then have a larger population but you uh because you're considering a larger position in scope and and so in that case ohio is a position but columbus is also a position and what's interesting then about the term position is that it is true for both a smaller area and a larger area and in that case you can then use that information to see that a position is is like regardless of area, a position you can use to describe any single area, but 
like what I'm describing to you is the same as if you looked at a second as opposed to a millisecond. Like, um, and so the relationship from second to millisecond is the same as the relationship from city to person exactly if it's a city with a thousand people the same way that a second has a thousand milliseconds and so and then you can but the unit that you're choosing to look at is arbitrary the same way that you could choose to view life at the level of seconds or you could choose to view it at the level of minutes you know or of or of whatever or they're pretty much, uh, but like a second is going to meet us right where we're at the most is why it's easier, easy for us to explain things in terms of seconds. Like we have the, we have the second, but then if you, like you can't, it's, you can't explain things in terms of milliseconds, but that's because the, the level of it is, is that much lower, but your consideration of a position is arbitrary the same way your consideration of a unitary measurement and so but what i'm describing to you is relativity really and and so population says that about says that about relativity but like the borders around a city um speak to relativity because what you have with ohio is a is a greater amount than with Columbus, even though both of them are positions, but you don't have to look at Ohio to Columbus. You can look at Columbus just to a person because a person is a position. Um, so consider those three levels and that they're all different. They're all different rates. Like that would be the same thing as considering a, an hour versus a minute versus a second generally is Ohio to Columbus to a person. But that's because, uh, in in hour to minute to second what's true across all of those is a they're all they're all units of time what's true across hour to columbus to person is that they're all positions and so your like columbus is a collection of about 900,000 people 900,000 positions really it's a collection of 900,000 positions, but then Ohio as collective of all of its cities, however many cities there are, let's say there's like 2,200 or something. Like Ohio is collective of 2,200 positions in that case, but whatever position you're thinking about is arbitrary the same way, uh, same way like relativity would work because you're the, like I'm just describing relationship because you're, because relationship dictates that your consideration of a position is arbitrary, basically. But it's it's the same thing as saying that your consideration of a rate is arbitrary. And I'm describing how every entity or position that you could think about that has a name has its own rate or has its own frequency. And its frequency is in some part dictated by the borders around it being smaller, like the borders around Columbus being smaller than the borders around Ohio, because in order for it to have like a distinct position, it has to have borders. But your border generally is like what your rate is relative to other rates. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to come up with a complete description for that because I can't explain the link between something having a name and having a frequency because that is uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't have words to describe why that would be true. But uh, like uh, a position is a manifestation of a one, and you can consider one to be anything. It's just that there's ones that are subsets of other ones and and so exist at a different relative rate than the ones that they're a subset of. And uh, it would be something like your wavelength is longer if you have a larger area, and then your wavelength will be shorter if you're a subset within a larger area, uh, because because your wavelength is something like your border. But I, like I'm saying, don't you don't have to accept that as true because I don't really have a great way of explaining why a wavelength is like a border. But because you have a border, you have a name and you have a position and it gives you the designation of a definition and a definition uh, main significance of that is that it designates a one thing or a one position. It's just that there are positions that are within larger positions or positions that are subpositions within larger ones. And if you're just considering like the largest position, then within that position are all these layers of subpositions that you would consider to be relative rates within the largest position. And really your largest position is the universe. And within that is uh, nothing but subjectivity if you're considering the universe to be an individual. And within nothing but subjectivity is... Uh, nothing but other positions that exist at lesser relative rates than the than the individual but like un universe is like the largest individual that we would allow ourselves to conceivably consider like you can consider that there's other universes whatever but as far as this universe is concerned if you're taking it to the extent of considering that as an individual that as your one or that as your position uh, where like the population is one universe then you have nothing but, uh, well, like everything, population would only go up from there, like the larger areas that you considered. Um, because whatever is contained within the universe, because there's a universe and then there's everything that's contained within it, it's just that any one body like solar system or galaxy one thing because that's its definition you define a galaxy at one galaxy you know like there's different there's arbitrary definitions placed around things of larger sizes is kind of the is kind of what's interesting about population uh larger sizes larger sizes of things those are just uh those are just arbitrarily decided at the point that we decide this is what makes it a galaxy because it's this big or has this many planets. Like it has this many positions. Like if uh, if it makes you a galaxy to have 40 planets, then that and that's what a galaxy is. But if you don't cross the 40 threshold, then it's something lesser than that. Like it's just a solar system or something. Then you're then you see how these lines between definitions are just chosen by people, you know, because somebody decided, well, you have to have 40 and that's where. But uh, in but in some cases, like the line for definition depends on when it starts exhibiting different characteristics too, um, which is also like, um, which is also the way that you define things differently on a spectrum because like on the electromagnetic spectrum, you have a certain category that exhibits certain characteristics. Like in visible light, they the they are electromagnetic waves that exhibit 
the characteristic that you can see them and then but when you pass a certain threshold on the electromagnetic spectrum you have electromagnetic waves exhibiting different characteristics you know but like still the point like the the decision to block those things off is dependent on what you find important about a characteristic and and so but there are some that are like more evident you know like you would definitely section off visible light and so that isn't a definition that you would say is like really arbitrarily drawn but um but and the same thing applies to planets as they become bigger and uh like would become a star because basically the main difference between a star and a planet is that a star is bigger um now there is a category of size between a planet and a star which is called a brown dwarf um so you could kind of see how there's a spectrum of size from small to large in which we've categorized between small and large a medium area called a brown dwarf because a brown dwarf is larger than a planet but smaller than a star but uh it's a little bit more than that there's just size differences because the threshold between like brown dwarf and star is where your plant your celestial body whether it be a star or a brown dwarf um the threshold at which it becomes a star is where it is big enough to uh it's big enough that nuclear fusion is happening at its core so that it's uh so that it's burning hydrogen all the time through nuclear explosions so that it's pumping out energy through hydrogen burning i mean i think it converts hydrogen into helium but it only does that when it's a star and it's only a star at a certain a certain threshold of size that it's larger than a brown dwarf and and so then there's a threshold that makes it a brown dwarf over a planet also uh so but at the point that it becomes a star it's it's not just that it has a bigger mass than a brown dwarf it's just that uh like at the point that it's a star it is able to do certain other characteristics that a brown dwarf can't do also which are uh like maybe it all just goes back to size which are maybe dependent on its mass is what causes it to be able to burn burn like have nuclear fusion explosions or whatever uh, is maybe just because of its size but at the point that it is big enough to be a star it has all these star characteristics meaning that it can it goes through stellar evolution and collapses the way like it collapses the way that a star does as opposed to because a brown dwarf doesn't collapse the way that a star does but that's because it's not gassy enough gaseous enough that it um that it is able to carry on the life processes of a star like there's just a, thir a certain threshold where a star where it becomes a star and it, like a star is way more important than than a brown dwarf um anyway so you so you uh the difference between a planet and a brown dwarf is that a brown dwarf like they just get more gaseous on the way towards being a star because a star is like a gas giant and uh so jupiter is closer to being a star than the earth is um you could you could say because it's a more gaseous planet but it's just 
because it's larger, it's closer to becoming a star. And uh, but Jupiter is a planet; it's not a brown dwarf. Like a brown dwarf is relatively more gassy than Jupiter, and then a star is more gaseous than a brown dwarf. And it's larger, and it's all of that is also the it's upward from from planet to brown dwarf to star is all just about mass. Like if you could simplify it, I think to one thing, and and so. What does that say about population? Like there's, what am I saying? Never mind. I thought that there is, a, I thought that there is an example I was going to use that was crafty about the comparison between Chicago and Los Angeles, but I don't remember what it is. I can't remember any, anything significant about it. Um, no, no, I was going to talk about the skyline because, because Chicago has a bigger skyline, but it's a smaller city and and so therefore the skyline doesn't dictate population, but the skyline does dictate something about density because the more dense that your city is becoming is the more that your buildings start to get taller. Uh, interestingly enough, like that's always been something that's fascinated me is that, um, <clears throat> is that a skyline develops at the center of a city basically uh because and that's that's fascinating to me because it's too obvious it's too true a picture of the way that things work that your like the density of materials really like all that you've constructed your metal and whatever you need to construct that just gets more densely compacted the closer you get to the city center and so if you have a bigger population, it is reflected in your your skyline. If you're a big enough city, you just start to have a skyline. Like uh, Dayton isn't that big of a city, but it's big enough that it starts to develop taller buildings. And so it's weird to me the correlation between skyline and population, but that it's like that obvious and that the skyline is always right at the city center the same way that the same way that like population kind of collects around the city center, but just that larger populations are reflected in what you would consider to be larger cities. Um, because, because it's kind of like towards the center of the city, the materials that you are using to construct everything as, um, as you explaining the city to be what it is as a, as a really complex collection of businesses and, uh, like interactions that need things to be constructed around them like you like as you get closer to the center of the city there's so much like the material is so compacted that there's not enough space for it and it has to go straight up into the air is what a skyscraper kind of says is that you're like you the material there needs to be that much material at the city center as reflective of like the population density of the city and so much so that it starts to go straight into the sky and it goes straight into the sky more so usually like generally the more populated that the city is but it's not true in every situation it's not a direct correlation between uh population and how high the your buildings are but it tends toward that uh but that's referenced by that los angeles doesn't have as big of a skyline as chicago but uh, maybe it's because 
maybe it has something to do with that Chicago is a smaller city than Los Angeles, that it has to have larger buildings in a smaller area. But like you, like you, you don't need to tell anybody going to Chicago that Chicago is a large city, and you don't need to do that for any large city because they know it automatically just by looking at it because of the skyline. The skyline just uh, that it's like a representation already of the largeness of a city. I really like skylines. I really like tall buildings. Um, I like the taller the buildings, the better. But it's kind of like maybe uh, maybe because I'm a fan of popularity. And popularity is... Uh, but like... The reason I'm describing to you the relationship between like a household and a the relationship between a household and a town and then the town relationship from a town to a larger city and then relationship of a city to a state and then you can say a relationship of a state to a country uh, is because you can extend that out as long as you as long as you can imagine you can then extend that out to like your uh, your population, like the relationship of the collection of people that constitute a population of a country is, uh, you look at that in relationship to the population constituted by the world, but you can look at, like, if you believe that there are other worlds, you would extend it out to say that the world, the earth has a specific population. Um, but I say all of that to just explain that Population is dependent on position, where the lowest considerable position is just a single person. But you could just look at a household and see that that is also a population because it has because it has position. So it is at least some amount of population. But you uh, you can tell that population is directly related to your amount of positions if you look at something like the map of the United States. Of, of all of the United States at nighttime where it shows lit up dots where where anywhere that there's people and then the brightest spots where there are the most dots and the most lights are the places that are more populated and then there are across like the Rocky Mountains there's fewer dots but you see like fewer lights where there are people and pretty much population is just as many points as there are across the country and the greater the population the greater the brightness the greater the amount of points and uh and it's the same thing if you look at stars in the sky not that there are people living in galaxies surrounding this in solar systems surrounding the stars necessarily but uh, each star is a position the same way each town that has light that it's emitting that you can see over United States uh, at nighttime, uh, same way that that has a position. Like a star has a position, it's a point and a population of some sort because the night sky is populated with this many stars. Um, and like if you had a better telescope, you could see areas where there are greater where the population density of stars are greater, like this neighborhood in the universe has more stars, and so it's lit up, it's more populated. And so, like, population is dependent on position in that way. And I'll look up the population etymology real quick. 
So population comes from the word populous, meaning people. So population from the 1610s definition, it's a whole number of inhabitants in a country, state, county, town, etc. So yeah, population applies to an actor process. From a 1776 definition, it's the act or process of peopling. So it's like a it's like a peopling is a it's a population, but population you can tell is like a collective term for for people. It's peopling population. Your population that you're populating, well, like that you're populating, and and so hmm, let me try to be clear about what I'm what I'm saying. Like, what's significant about this for you? Well, well, well. Here it is, and and here's why it's definitely significant for your life, and like way gonna change your life, and things will be way different for you after you hear this episode. Um is that population well i'm trying to describe to you how population is population and geography you can use to understand things better or maybe you're just a you could be a person maybe i maybe i just try to tell you that you could recognize out in the world that there are people that might be able to interpret things through a more geographical lens uh, but you can see how the growth or the lack of growth of population affects, uh, like, the important thing about it that I'm saying is its relationship to position, and position is a really, um, it's a really important term because it encompasses a lot of things. Like, if you consider an exponent in math an exponent is like an x placing or an x position really just based on the poner infinitive verb that it comes from which means to put or to place but like an exponent is like an x positioning and a component is like a is is a position that is used to make up a percentage of something like a you know how a component works a component in a machine it makes up a certain constitutes a certain percentage of the machine but it's like a positioning within it but a position is position is just a definition and you could have a composition uh which is uh which is a collection of positions a collection of components to make one position it's just that you have you have positions that constitute other positions but you could consider the position of any one of them uh, by itself, the same way you could just say that millisecond is the uh, is the rate at which time should be explained, and your your rate for time is just an explanation of time, is you putting time into certain terms, but you can put time into infinite terms based on what unit you choose, and it's like we only have a finite number of definitions for units of time like we only go so far as specifying a micro nano nanosecond or something which is like a one times 10 to the minus 30 second or something hypothetically that's just a that's an example i'm just making up but you can specify any unit you want for example you could specify a dual like a double second 
and say there's 30 double seconds in a minute, but you could do that infinitely. You could make any unitary measure you want the same way you could, the same way that you could consider uh, conceivably a city that is just barely bigger than Columbus that has a different name, but that is like a different unitary measurement that is larger than Columbus and still smaller than Ohio, the same way that you could make a double second, which is larger than a second, but still smaller than a minute. And um, you have positions, like you, you could consider a component, which is kind of like an organ in a human body. And you consider a human person to be a position, but you can consider the within of a person, you can consider a, a person too to be composed of smaller subpositions, the same way that you can consider a uh, state to be composed of smaller subpositions, which are cities. And it's just your it's just your consideration of the position is your population. Your collection of positions is the population, or as the etymology says, your whole number of inhabitants in a country, state, county, town, etc. And so I'm saying your body is populated by however many organs there are, like 13 or something. Uh, that's your population of organs in your body. Your population applies to anything because it is it is just a description of it's just a way to quantize positions that's what's important about it so i'm telling you to think about population at a deeper level which is that it's just dependent on positions and your like ultimately your body is composed of uh, cells as subpositions like millions of cells and uh those are positions too because you can define them you can define a cell to be something as a it has a name as a definition but in order for it to have a definition it has distinct borders around it that separate it from every other definition is why it's a position is why one star in the night sky is a position and then surrounding it is just space like the relationship from one star to another star in the night sky is uh is the same as the relationship between Powell to New Albany as suburbs of Columbus because you have a chasm between the two positions and it takes a certain amount of time to get there the same way as you have a chasm between Powell and New Albany and it takes a certain amount of time to get there it's just that you and like the highway that you drive on is just re representative of time that you have to take to get from one place to another. Be so like I'm simplifying it to that there are just positions and then there is time, which is the amount, the amount that you've quantized to get from one position to another. But it would work the same way for two stars that are millions of light years away from each other um, in different places in the universe but they're just different positions that conceivably have different populations of alien beings but you can just say that they are populated as stars too and it like so what's important is just the is po population's relationship to position and and so I hope you listened long enough that I was able to collect that into one more cohesive thought. That's what I think people think is like, oh, he's an idiot. Like, if it's something that I haven't made the point on, you're just waiting for me to stop being an idiot. Which is kind of true. So it's like uh, waiting on somebody to stop being an idiot. Think about that. Like, what uh, what makes you an idiot or not an idiot? It's just arbitrary. 
What makes me an idiot? You uh, waiting for somebody to collect their thoughts into a point, into an argument that is explainable to you. So like somebody's only not an idiot at the point that you can have them explained to you, you know? So that's the point at which, do you see how definitions are arbitrarily drawn? Oh, they're, they are, uh, they're incoherent gibberish is coming out of their mouth only, except until they link it for you in a way that you understand, because the way that they understand it, it's only gibberish until you understand it. Like, but only because, do you know what I mean? It's not like somebody is an idiot necessarily. But I'm not using that to describe my example. I'm just saying, like, we in the world, myself included, call a person an idiot. Like, just because they're incoherent to us, but there is a point at which they're coherent. It's just that they don't explain themselves. Um, lines are arbitrarily drawn between definitions, but you can see that geographically. And you can, like, you can see that geographically, but... Um, if you saw it the way that I saw it, you would be able to determine things just by uh, geography a little bit better. But I want you to see it the way I see it to some degree is why I make a podcast so I can explain my position in life. Uh, like maybe you could maybe you could for once think of things in terms of geography and population and you would live a better life according to me and some and some percentage of my messages to you but i don't know if i use this before that i've said this before but there i try to watch game of thrones and i can't really watch it um because i'm not good at understanding it because i can't really do something that's that much of a story like a long saga that's collective of all these smaller stories um but i have trouble watching game of thrones and following what's going on and i in order to watch it i would have to watch it with other people and um i was watching it with someone during the time that i was watching it and i had to just keep asking them what's going on over and over and over again because i would that's the only way i would figure out what's happening in this show and the reason i don't i i don't understand it like i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it on my own because i don't understand the show or what's happening in it but the reason i don't understand what's happening is because they keep giving you cues in their in the script like just when they're talking to each other their dialogue between the characters they keep subtly saying during their dialogue where they're about to go next like what city but they're not outright saying it because you because it's understood um because it's ex expected of the viewing audience that the viewing audience is listening to what the characters are saying. And I don't think I hear a word that they say, so I don't know. They're always going to a new city in that show, and I have no re I don't know why or what the reason is. So they set up a lot of the reasons and the plots through the dialogue is part of why I don't understand that show. And uh, But what I kept asking my friend that I was watching it with was, like I just wanted to know the layout of the map that the that this reality took place in that the Game of Thrones reality took place in. I just wanted to know where like King's Landing was in relationship to 
uh whatever the wall or i mean any other city i just wanted to know where the cities were in relationship to each other because i figured if i knew the layout of the map i would understand this show um or i could at least ask where where what city they were in in the scene i was watching and then i would know the show i mean but you could you could see how that's possible that you could understand the show just by understanding people's locations because the locations dictate their reasons and motivations for going from one place to another and when you understand that uh um elisi the dragon queen when you understand that the dragon queen is um like she's going to all of these towns off in this other island section of it and that she's basically on her way to the capital during her whole voyage uh then then uh that tells me that i don't have to worry about what's going on with her with that whole line of adventures that she's going through, that the Dragon Queen is doing. I don't have to worry about her adventures when I know that she hasn't arrived at King's Landing yet because that's ultimately the goal. But like geographically speaking, she's over here and separated from what her goals are at King's Landing in a different location. So it's like, uh, I, I don't know. You can, use ge you can use geography to understand things. But I felt like if I just knew the map of the show, I would understand everything, which might have been true. Um, but I was like, uh, 13 organs and now I feel like maybe there's more than 13 organs. I bet there's like 20 organs, but I'm going to look it up. How many organs in the human body? It's gotta be more than 13. How many organs in the human body? How many organs in the human body? Yeah. Oh my god. There are 78 organs in the human body. I'm so stupid. I said 13. <laughs> what are there, like 13 organs? There's 78. What are the 78 organs in the human body? Do you guys know them? Can you rattle off the 78 organs? Here they are. Oh, what are there, like 13 organs? There's the uh, skin, skin, liver, brain, heart, lungs, pancreas, kidneys, eye, small intestine. I'm reading them. And that's it. <laughs> that was the only page I feel like looking at. List of organs in the human body. I'm going to list off the organs in the human body. Okay, well, it's just like it lists, it's, there's 78 because it says everything is an organ. The human skeleton is an organ, joints, ligaments, muscular system, tendons. So there's debate on what you call an organ or not, like they're calling an esophagus an organ. Nah. The anal canal, I don't think so. I don't think so. Bronchi, no, that's not an organ. Some of those are just parts of your body. That's not an organ. So, uh, but I guess you need, you need a more scientific term to just describe a part of a body. 
So like your organ is like a component for you, for within you. And so I'd like to describe the difference between uh, population and popularity. And it's going to be an adventure so wild that you're not, you're not even going to be able to hold on to your hat. You should have left it back in the bins that you leave for your, when you go on a roller coaster and popularity. I had an episode where I was talking about popularity. I think I was saying that popularity is something like, uh, it's like a collection of, it's something like being able to represent lots of different identities uh, because it is like that, but it's kind of like being a person that is representative of lots of different people or collective of lots of people. But it's like having a population within a single person is having a popularity. Um, so popularity, the etymology, it's a fact. Um, the first definition it gives is it's the fact or condition of being beloved by the people, popular character or quality. Yeah, so you're beloved by people, you're popular, but you're just, uh, you're more people-ish. You're more people-ish, but that's why it is a popular itty, where itty is the quality of being popular. So it's like a popularness is a popularity, but you have you have popularness, which is the same as like people-ness. You have a certain people-ness, people-ness about you if you're popular, but it's like you're you're a collective of people in a single person more, the more that you're popular, but you, uh, you attract lots of people is the point of you being popular. You have a peopleness about you, like as an adjective, as a characteristic, you're people-y and people, people are around you more as a result because a people-ish person naturally attracts lots of people as being like as being a quality of yours. And so that's a characteristic that people can see. They can see it in you when you're popular, when you have lots of friends or then people are like, Oh, that guy's popular, but you're popular because you, you connect with more people or maybe you're more open or you're kinder to people, but just people are able to see themselves in you more. You're more representative of people, the more that you're popular and people are going to be around you more so. And, um, the same way that a city is, same way that a city is populated, but it's really the case that uh, the biggest cities are the most popular, right? It's like the exact same thing. If you're uh, if you're the most populated city, if you're New York, that's the most popular city in the U.S. The same way, and you would you would think of it in terms of popularity the same way you'd think of how a person is popular because it's what attracts people to the city. Like it has a certain energy that is collective of. I mean, that's representative of lots of characteristics that people like is what makes it the most popular. And so um, it has the most to offer is why people are really drawn to it. And like literally speaking, um, literally speaking, Plain City, Ohio, I don't know how many people that has. Let's say it's 45,000. Um, that's not that isn't doing anything to attract people like New York City is. It's not very popular. And. You could be like a person who has 4,000 Facebook friends and you are more, you are more attractive than a city of 2,000 people. You're more popular. <laughs> you have more to offer than like a city of 2,000 people because a city of 2,000 people only attracts as much as it has to offer because it has that kind of energy. Like that is what its energy is. It is the energy of a 2,000 person town. 
and uh, as spoken by its popularity and its population. And like, so New York has the most to offer. And, and so you can see how it is that simple uh, is in ter- how like what determines the greatness of your city is just how popular it is really um, because it has the most to offer it's the greatest like people can't get over it they love what it has and so they so much that they live there so it's like it's different to have 4,000 friends and be that popular that way on Facebook than to have a city of 4,000 people because it's a greater commitment to live your entire life at a city than it is to be someone's friend on Facebook but uh but still it says something about your popularity you have like 2.6 million twitter followers uh you have a certain popularity where people are attracted to you enough to follow you or see what you're saying or they want to be involved or be relative to you or associate themselves with you in some way um if they're following you on twitter they're your facebook friend and um really it's the case that you if you have more Facebook friends, like if you're just going to say that that's a, your measure of popularity, which it it is as long as you just uh, keep the parameters to be Facebook, then you can measure people's popularity just by their Facebook friends. Uh, and don't think about like, oh, people are, some people are superficial, so they have lots of friends that aren't actually their friends. If you're just thinking of it in terms of Facebook friends, and that's what makes you popular is the more Facebook friends you have or whatever. Um then you are never mind that point forget it then you're just more popular on you're more popular if the world was facebook then you would be the most popular city you know you'd be the greatest city if you had the most friends on it but the world is not facebook um but you for somebody else to determine your popularity relative to somebody else's popularity, they would just see the amount of people that you've attracted, but you um, that you have friends with, and that in some ways is reflective of how many Facebook friends you have. But you, during the course of your life, you travel to all these different places, and you gather friends and uh, you gather friends in these places, or like people that you have relationships with, and. Um, the set of all the people that you have relationships with, if it's greater than other people's sets of, of, uh, friends and relationships, then you're more popular. But like that exact set of people is pretty much only specific to you. And also because you're the only one who knows that exact people, but the set of people that you come to be friends with enough that like somebody has a relationship with you in your life is going to be reflective of you because they are people in only the cities you've been to and probably a good percentage of them are from the city you were from and in that area and it's like the area you're from dictates a lot about the kind of popularity but really the case is that you are the central figure to all to that exact set of people like you are what's true and relative to all of them and and so it's kind of like the the path that you go on is what attracts all of those people especially if you if you consider that you get groups of friends in different cities or in different countries around the around the world um it's the pathway that you were on that took you to all those places that allowed for that specific collection of people or like that population because the collection of people is the population. So like that population 
uh, that population, like you are, you are the city in that case, but your city is the pathway that you were on that went to all those cities to collect that specific group of people to be relative to you. Like it's your path in life that reflects your, the specific population that would be gathered around you. And it is kind of like a population in that respect. And the greater your population is the more popular that you are. And, and so it's your path in life. It's, it's a path like more so than it's you is what I'm saying, because it's you and every single part of it that you developed those relationships in different parts of the world or whatever at different stages of your journey in life. It's you through every part of it. But what's more transcendent than you is just is the pathway that includes every instance and in time over which you existed. And, and so it's like a, it's like a path or a pattern, a specific pattern that is then what reflects that specific collection of people as a population that uh, that um, is you. Like you are the city for which that population exists, that all those people are, they're made central to that city. The same way that the same way that a bunch of different people from different walks of life arrive in a city, the city is the only is the thing that's central to all of them is the most uh, is the most relative feature to everybody in a city. Like everybody in Columbus comes from different places and has different groups of people that they're friends with or whatever. But uh, as far as you trying to collect all of the people in Columbus into one, to describe them by one term or define them by one idea, that idea would be Columbus. But like Columbus is the name of the city that generates that population the same way that you are the name of the idea, whatever, that generates the population that becomes central to you during the course of your life. And and so popularity and population. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just so you know, I was looking up that. I was looking up those facts about stars and their relationship to brown dwarfs and planets just before I recorded this because I figured I might be talking about it for a minute or two because I wanted to use it to prove a point. Or, uh, I mean, yeah, because I wanted to use that. But I, uh, I'm i interested. The reason I thought about that in terms of population that I thought I would be speaking about it if I spoke about population is because of um because i'm already interested i was already interested in like the relationship between a planet and a star and what makes one different from the other uh but i didn't know like i didn't know before i just read it a hour or so ago a couple hours ago that they were like uh, all that about hydrogen fusing and so but it's a spectrum from it's a spectrum from planet to star where the increase from planet to star is just mass and then decrease from star to planet is just less mass, um, really. And I don't think they really emphasize like that the difference between a planet and a star because there's just a certain mass at which you are so hot of a celestial body that you become a star. It's just a threshold as far as I can tell, 
it's just a threshold and so really a planet is like a star and a star is like a planet if you're allowed to view them on a spectrum but like if you're a scientist you would probably be like how dare you recognize a planet to be a star that just didn't expand and get hot like that didn't get hot enough also um like you might say that if you're a scientist but i feel like that's not it's it's not emphasized or simplified it's not simplified that way that people would say a planet is the same as a star it's just that a planet didn't get big enough that it would be a star and also you would be like well stars have things orbiting around them or like planets orbiting around them so that would automatically make them different but it's not that's not the case because everything is a planet can have shit orbiting around it same way that a star can there and they have different sizes it doesn't matter what you don't have to be a star to have an orbit of a body and in that case like you're just classifying a moon to be a moon instead of a planet because it's small because it orbits a planet like the orbit doesn't matter you can call a moon a planet if you wanted <laughs> that's what i'm saying Call a planet a star and call a moon a planet. Call Ohio Columbus. Don't say, don't recognize borders. Don't recognize authority. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of authority. I'm tired of, uh, I'm tired of recognizing distinctions and uh, speaking language. So, so, I mean, you get, uh, you just don't know what's going to happen in the world. And uh, I'll close with this fact uh what what do you think and i know the answer to this question but what do you think is the densest celestial body in our solar system do you know what it is it's the earth the earth is the densest uh body of all the planets and the sun in the solar system and it's the densest object because it has to do with that the earth is far enough away from the sun that uh well no like proximity to the sun helps your denseness apparently because mercury is the second densest in the solar system uh because it's composed of really heavy metals and i guess they i guess when planets are developing like um when all that there's a bunch of matter that's spinning around the sun uh, so the sun is the central figure that's kind of like creating the solar system in a way, but it has all these orbital bands around it before planets develop. And the orbital bands have just all this debris that's spinning around the sun. And then, and then the debris collects as all this shit is spinning. And hypothetically, like if you, you say that the big bang is what causes because there was a lot of condensed matter and then that dense then the matter exploded and it created all of these uh whatever it created all of this spin and this rotation at different places in the galaxy it just created matter and debris that's like spinning everywhere and orbiting around other shit but like bouncing into itself and then collecting and getting larger to form planets but so the sun has all of these orbital bands of just debris orbiting around it as the sun is forming and um the orbital bands collect into planets pretty much but uh they they collect because they collect sort of in an exponential way where um 
the the collections of debris that are the largest will collect the most as time goes on. Like they will continue to collect more than uh, pieces of debris that aren't collected. And so then what results is because you kind of had infinite bands of debris orbiting around the sun while the sun is forming. But then what results is just a finite number of orbital bands, which are the planets. But it's because there's only a few actual collections of debris that result because the rich get richer because the, and like the, all the debris just collects in nine large groups, you know? And so the, so the, so Mercury is the second densest in the solar system because it is the heaviest because the heaviest, because it's composed of the heaviest elements and the heaviest elements are closest to the sun as the sun is forming uh, because hmm because I don't know why but the but the closer you are to the sun as a planet is the more composed of heavier metals that you are and your your heavy metals contribute to your density uh, but they don't entirely contribute to it so like the earth is big enough that it generates a gravitational field big enough that um that it's uh that it generates a gravitational field big enough that it compresses uh the earth's heavy metals compresses the earth's materials into a more densely compact thing than mercury does because mercury isn't big enough to have a gravitational field that compresses its heavy metals even though it has the heaviest metals that it's composed of and so it's like a combination of having heavy metals which the earth has a lot because it's still relatively close to the sun and then uh having uh having a big enough planet that it generates a gravitational field that compresses those metals but if the earth was any bigger apparently it would be um it would generate an atmosphere that was like more gaseous and then which would render the planet as a whole less dense so like the earth is at, at exactly some perfect threshold that it is the densest planet in the it's the densest planet or densest body in the solar system and that's according to forbes in an article from forbes from march 31st 2020 and so it just goes to show the Earth is also the most populated body in the solar system. So, I mean, coincidence? I don't know. Coincidence that they're like the most compact? No, that's not what it, that there's no correlation. Never mind. Don't, there's no correlation between that because there's nobody living on Mercury. Uh, and that's like, Mercury is almost as dense as the Earth. So, um, Make sure that you feel, make sure that you feel the weight of population as you go about your daily life. Think about population, go to the people around you, and then whatever words come out of your mouth, they're just like, did you know that uh, the fifth largest city is Phoenix? And uh, make shit up. Do you know that the 10th largest city is Minneapolis? Just make shit up. And um, make sure that population becomes a integral part of your life to the point that you you give away some of your certain percentage of your livelihood to population. Um, 
go down a dark pathway in how strongly you relate yourself to population and the idea of it. Go down dark pathways in your life for how much it consumes you. Be consumed by that idea to the point that you are having crises in your life and you're trying to figure out what everything was about or why you ended up where you did. Um, be consumed by the ideas that I presented to you and uh, let them be like a fire that washes over you. And so goodbye, see you, and so later. <laughs>